1: Welcome in, come on. It's the uh, podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. The Black and Blue Report is ready to roll on this Friday. And greetings today from the Smoothie King Center studios, where we have assembled for tonight's uh, resumption of play for the New Orleans Pelicans. They will host the Philadelphia 76ers tonight here at Smoothie King Center for 7 o'clock tip-off. And it's off to the road and off we go, down the stretch here for the season, not just for the Pelicans, but for everybody. And we're now uh, uh, past the trade deadline, which uh, was another mile marker this NBA season. That was yesterday, and um, well, it kind of came and went with a, a bit of a thud in some ways. There are some significant moves, though, and we'll discuss those as well. And uh, to do that and to talk about the uh, Pelicans' uh, remaining 29, including tonight's game, we've uh, assembled the uh, super team here of uh, Pelicans coverage. Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com is with us. Daniel Salerson studio host for the Pelicans Radio Network and uh, my partner, John DeShazer, from not only uh, the Pelicans Radio Network, but NewOrleansSaints.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in.
2: Good morning, John.
1: Good morning, Sean.
2: Always
3: good to be here, Kel.
1: Yes, thank you, sir. I hope that you all had a good All-Star break. John, did you do anything good?
3: Um, Outside of nothing, yeah, that was about as good as it got for me. (laughs) (laughs) I, I planned on actually doing a little traveling, but I thought better of it, and I think I'll do that this summer. So it was really just good to have a break and get
1: away from. John, real quick on a a Saints note before we get too far down this path with the Pelicans, uh, I know that you'll be traveling to Indianapolis here in the coming days for the NFL Combine. Uh, Any thoughts on on how you'll go about your Combine this year and, and perhaps some things that you'll keep an eye on for us?
3: I mean, I think mostly uh, we know that the Saints need defensive help, so those will be the guys that uh, the linemen and the linebackers in specific that will probably play, pay a little bit more attention to. But essentially it's more of an interview process at the combine. Now, the good thing about uh, most of this is, you know, those guys already, the seniors at least, went to the senior bowl, and so the Saints officials have already conducted interviews with most of the senior players that they probably would be interested in. So they have that piece of homework taken care of, now they can get to the eligible juniors and those kinds of guys who are in the NFL draft who probably won't work out. They'll do the uh, whole underwear olympic thing they'll you know they'll weigh and measure, but they won't throw or run uh, the elite guys anyway. so you know from that standpoint you know you don't get to see a whole lot, but from the standpoint of conducting interviews, that's where these teams really get a lot of work done. but they can get these guys in front of a chalkboard and try to find out what they know mentally.
1: And John will be with us next week on Black and Blue Report uh, with reports from Indianapolis. And, of course, you'll see his work as well on New Saints.com. Let's transition now into the NBA trade deadline, guys, that, uh, that came and went yesterday. Um, and, and I'm going to ask each of you for a thought. And I want I want you to maybe weigh in on, on two things here. One, uh, the Pelicans' activity or slash inactivity, um, how you saw it, what do you think it means or doesn't mean. And then perhaps give me a highlight or two from the rest of the league's activity. What really jumped off the page at you, or what did you think maybe would uh, would occur that that just kind of fizzled out? So, uh, maybe with that being said, Jim Eichenhofer will will allow you to begin the uh, the roundtable on our trade deadline conversation.
2: Thank you. Um, the I, I think I interpreted the some of the Pelicans' um, lack of moves or inactivity as kind of something that happened around the league. It seemed like. Um, there were a lot of names. I know Ryan Anderson was the guy that people talked about here as somebody that might move, but, I mean, throughout the league, there were a bunch of names that were floated out there, and of the major guys, I don't think any of them changed teams. So I think part of that I think I attribute to that there wasn't – it seems like there wasn't a lot of demand for guys that might um, you might have for about two months and then you might lose them if you know they're going into free agency. I feel like there was a lot of hesitation from teams – to take anyone who they didn't have assurances would sign long-term. So I think that might have been part of, of what happened, why not only did was there little um, activity with the Pelicans, but league-wide there wasn't much. Um, as far as what stood out to me in general um, across the league, I liked what Detroit did because Detroit kind of went the opposite way of everyone else in the league. Most teams kind of said, let's sit tight and wait till um, free agency to, to make changes to our roster. Detroit added two guys who, in Tobias Harris and Donatus Motayunis, who I think a lot of people really like around the league. They're both young. They both have a lot of potential. And now they have um, Tobias Harris under contract for the next few years. Um, Motayunis, I think, is going to be a restricted free agent, so they have the, the inside track on keeping him as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I just was impressed with Detroit. I think – there's teams that are scared or teams that should be scared that if there's, yeah, you're going to have a lot of money to spend this, this uh, summer, but if there's 20 something other teams that also have money, are you going to get the, the target guys that you're looking for? I feel like what we saw last year in free agency with the Lakers, for example, they probably had eight guys on their list that they didn't get a single one of them. So I think what Detroit did was, was was smart in that they kind of preemptively made a move ahead of free agency to protect themselves against what might happen in July 1st.
1: All right, Daniel Sallerson, host of Pelicans warm-up and uh, Pelicans OT. Um, your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I think kind of piggybacking on Jim, I think we talked about it also on the black and blue yesterday how expiring contracts don't mean as much, at least this year, than they have in the past just because of every, the salary cap will go up and everyone's going to have money. So getting uh, money off the books is not really the big priority. And kind of in the Ryan situation – if some team wanted to try to get Ryan for the last couple of months, um, who would they give up or would they give up a lot for the chance that they might not resign with them? So that's where uh, the Pelicans aspect comes to mind for me. As far as league-wide, um, I thought the trade at the buzzer kind of stuck uh, out to me with Jeff Green going to the Clippers in exchange for Lance Stevenson and a first-round pick. And there are reports that the Grizzlies want to keep Stevenson and want to try to make a run with him. But the Grizzlies – Losing Marcus Ole and then you trade Courtney Lee, one of your best shooters. I was kind of, kind of confused at what direction they were going in, and then now getting Lance Stevenson. Um, I thought that trade was kind of the one that really caught my eye yesterday.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you on that front a little bit. Hey, JD, um, did you did you think the Pelicans would be active? Were you surprised that it wasn't that way? Uh, what did you What did you take away from this week?
3: Well, actually, you know, when you hear all the rumblings, you. I did think they would be a little bit more active than they turned out to be, and uh, and uh, but again, as uh, Daniel and Jim said, you, a lot of it is you have to one, you have to find a dance partner, somebody who's willing to to make a, a fair trade with you, so to speak, and two, you know, if, if everybody's going to have money, you figure you can just wait for free agency, and I think a lot of it boils down to you know, do you feel like the guy you add is going to put you over the hump, uh, so to speak. And so, you know, the the inactivity from the Pelicans was, you know, pretty much league wide. There was not a whole lot of activity at all in the NBA. Um, But I do agree with Daniel on on the buzzer beat of Jeff Green going to the Clippers. And he gives them a proven score. And, I mean, the Clippers are a team that's, you know, trying to become championship contenders. And and to be able to get a guy like Jeff Green helps them in that regard. Will it put them over the hump to, to be able to, you know, beat Golden State or compete with Oklahoma City and San Antonio. I don't know, but they certainly added a quality piece to where, you know, now you've got a guy who can take some of that scoring load off Chris Paul and, and Blake Griffin and, and Jamal Crawford. And a guy who can put the ball in the basket and who's done it before, and he doesn't have to be the guy for them, so he can kind of fit in under the radar a little bit. But I think that turned out to be pretty big, actually, uh, for the Clippers. And yeah, and I do like what Detroit did. You know, Tobias Harris, I, I, I like him a lot. But, you know, in terms of teams trying, going for the championship today, right now, I think the Clippers obviously were the ones that helped themselves because everybody else could kind of hold steady. I think San Antonio believes they have enough to beat, you know, Golden State when it comes down to even though, you know, Golden State dump trucked them a couple of weeks ago. And I think Oklahoma City probably believes they have enough where they might be able to beat Golden State in a series. But, you know, the Clippers clearly do not, and they've added a guy that they probably think might be able to help them do so.
1: Yeah, I, I will say this. I think that the Thunder did themselves a lot of good. Um, after, John, you and I saw the Thunder, what, last week, um, I thought they had serious issues with their backup point guard situation. And getting Randy Foy, I think, is really big uh, for the Thunder. So if I'm looking at this list of deadline deals, um, I, I the first question I ask is, okay, who got better? And I think you guys have touched on some of that, but I think, it, it, at least from my opinion, I think the Thunder have gotten themselves even just a little bit better. And, heck, they're the third seed in the West right now, uh, and, that, and, that, and that semifinal round on in the Western Conference playoffs is going to be uh, pretty crazy. And I think that the Thunder actually learned a lesson last year about their depth uh, after the injuries suffered to their big stars as to not making the playoffs. I thought they gave themselves maybe a little bit of help there at backup point guard. And I'm with all of you about Tobias Harris. If there was one guy that I was really hoping that maybe the Pelicans could get their hands on, it was Harris. Um, Because obviously not having Quincy Pondexter all season here uh, showed, again, the lack of a true small forward in this program for the, you know, for what, J.D., would you say, since Trevor Ariza at this point? Other than the, the two months you had Quincy last year, the three months you had Quincy?
3: Yes, I mean, exactly. I mean... To be able to get a guy of that caliber you know, and young and upcoming and you add him to an Andre Drummond, I mean, you know, Andre Drummond is not a polished product right now, and certainly they want to kind of – I think they want to go with that whole Dwight Howard in Orlando mode that Stan Van Gundy had there. But to be able to get two guys like that, you know, together, you know, that's a nice little foundation.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, All right, so say what you will about the Pelican situation. As you had mentioned, John, so astutely – you got to have a dance partner. Um, You can can say all you want about what you want to do and who you want to move or who you want to acquire, but um, uh, it takes two to tango there. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue this roundtable discussion, and we'll uh, kind of uh, zero in on the Pelicans and their game tonight against Philadelphia, and the 29 still to be played here before the end of the regular season.
3: You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminix. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all.
0: And I'm Ed Martin, Terminix entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all. Join your New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when your Pelicans tip off against All-Stars Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans Dance Team. Limited tickets are still available, so don't miss out on any of the action. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report.
1: We've assembled a group here for you on the Black and Blue Report this is Friday. David Sallerson, host of uh, Pelicans Warm Up, Pelicans OT, also a Black and Blue Report. Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. John DeShazer, my partner on the Pelicans Radio Network, and uh, yours truly here, Sean Kelly, here with you with a special edition of our podcast. Um, gentlemen, let's talk about the Pelicans and what lies ahead here, starting with tonight against uh, Philadelphia and then now these remaining 29 and Jim it, it, it's crazy uh, it is February the 19th and we're seeing the Philadelphia Sixers for the first time this year um, a team that has only eight wins uh, the, the Pelicans unfortunately have proven that no team is a layup this year but if you're going to come out of the all-star break against somebody why not at home against Philadelphia
2: I mean you hope so you hope that this is a good thing that you're playing against them um, it's definitely I mean they're another example though of a team that you can't I don't think any team you can take lightly, especially when you're 20 and 33 like the Pelicans are. I mean, the Sixers almost beat Golden State a couple weeks ago, so I mean, they're, the, the Pelicans definitely need to look at them like a, a dangerous team and not a team that you can just say, hey, let's just show up at the arena and we'll win this game.
1: Hey, John, does Bryce DeJean Jones, who's been re-signed now the rest of the way by the Pelicans, does he go back into the starting role that he had on his second 10-day contract?
3: Yeah, he flipped right back into that starting role, that puts Alonzo G back on the bench to strengthen the bench, obviously, uh, helping out Ryan Anderson and Drew Holiday, and that role with Bryce John Jones was there, he, he looked pretty good, obviously, no worse for the wear. just had a couple of days, a couple extra days rest, um, but he flies right back in, uh, did see Eric Gordon shooting some, you know, individually before a shoot-around began, and some also during a... a when the guys are just getting up shots afterwards, so you know that's a good sign. We don't know exactly when he'll be back, but the fact that he's actually shooting the basketball now, obviously, a positive thing.
1: Without a doubt, uh, what what do you think, John? The Pelicans are most concerned about when the when they speak of the Philadelphia Sixers.
3: Well, I, I, the thing that uh, Coach Entry was kind of stressing to these guys is, is something that you guys just touched upon. You know, don't overlook them. Uh, yeah, they don't have a great record, but this this Pelican team, I think we've seen them. You know, kind of, I don't want to say take for granted, but certainly when they've had a bit of success, it seems that they have, you know, taken their foot off the accelerator, so to speak. And uh, Philly in the team, you know, any team in the NBA, you can't disrespect anybody that way. The Falcons aren't good enough to look at teams, you know, out of the side eye, as we always say, you know, and just kind of take for granted they're going to be able to win a game. They got to play hard against this team. If you play hard against them and kind of put them in their place, so to speak, maybe they'll revert to some of the things that, you know, that's the reason that they have the record they had. But if you're the Pelicans and you go out there and you sleepwalk around a little bit and you fool around, next thing you know you got a game in the fourth quarter that you don't really expect to be into.
1: And, Daniel, we have the interesting storyline tonight of Ish Smith returning as the second-leading scorer on Philadelphia's team right now and playing the Pelicans for the first time since they traded him back in December.
4: Yeah, it's pretty interesting and just the fact that how it all went down. You get two second-round picks for him. After that, he kind of... I won't say goes off, but he's averaging 15 points per game uh, and almost eight assists per game, which is something that you didn't see from here. But he also is getting a lot more playing time than he has been here. So he'll be curious to see how, if it's anything, that people will react to him coming back. Um, but he's he's done great, and he's been a kind of a nice little leader for them. And it's kind of – this is his big chance to show him. Mean, he's been on nine teams in six years. This is – his kind of chance to prove uh, why he belongs in the NBA. All
1: right, then we'll see what Anthony Davis does uh, post-All-Star break here as well uh, after having a pretty solid weekend uh, up in Toronto, including a pretty fun performance to watch on Sunday. Uh, John, I know that you're a, a, a fan of lobs to the rim. Uh, did you enjoy watching Anthony Davis work with Chris Paul at the All-Star game?
3: Yeah, it, it kind of makes you wistful, doesn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> to see what he, he can do. Uh, or would be able to do with a with a point guard who works the pick and roll or, or works the fast break or just, you know, tosses it up. Because, when you know, a lot of times we say, look, just give AD the chance. You know, give him the opportunity. When he's rolling to the bucket, throw it up there and let him go get it. Yeah, sometimes, you know, the opportunities won't be there. But, you know, a guard's job is to be able to read those situations. And I know we're, you know, we're looking down on the situation sometimes. We'll see it break open. But, you know, you're supposed to have that court vision a way you can see it, you know, developing. And certainly not you know, you don't want to compare anybody to Chris Paul. Chris, Chris, Chris is going to the Hall of Fame. He has elite vision and elite instinct. But certainly you would like to see our guards take advantage of that after seeing, you know, what AD can do in those situations. We saw Chris Paul make Tyson Chandler into a monster off-lock passes. So, you know, and Tyson Chandler was much more limited offensively than than, than uh, Anthony Davis is. So, yeah, it makes you a little wistful when you see those lobs going up like that, man.
1: Roundtable continues in just a moment. Quick timeout. Then when we come back, 29 left on the uh, slate. What to watch for after this. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money.
0: Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. your first stop when following your teams.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, our Pelicans roundtable discussion on this Friday. Uh, 29 to go, including tonight. Uh, let's go around the horn. What's, what's, what's left? What's to watch for here in this 29? Remember last year, we had plenty to watch for. Um, if you want to draw a comparison, feel free. But otherwise, Daniel, uh, what's on your mind here as we begin these final t- 29 or what are you hearing from players and coaches too?
4: Well, I think the big thing that while I was talking to Ryan Anderson this morning, um, they feel like they're not out of it. As much as it's tough to say you're 20 and 33 and six and a half back, they feel like they're not out of it. And if you look back to last year, I believe this team was four, four and a half games back with 11 to go. So, not saying it's out of the question, you have to jump more teams this year. But I think these guys are the goal is playoffs still and they're just taking it one game at a time. They're not going to worry about the standings. They're not going to worry about what other teams are doing. they got to take care of their own business, and part of that also is winning on the road. I believe this team has just six wins on the road, if I'm not mistaken, so if you're going to get back into the playoff picture, that's the way you got to do is winning some road games. And then the other thing, I kind of want to watch a couple players. One, the play of Bryce John Jones, how he continues to develop um, with this team. Uh, Part of the reason he stayed with the Pelicans was just his uh, being comfortable uh, with the system the coaches, the players around him. And then I still want to see how Drew Holiday continues to play with Anthony Davis. I know he's coming off the bench, but the way Drew's been playing his last 10, 21 points, seven assists, he's looking like the all-star Drew that we saw in Philadelphia, and I feel like he's starting to thrive in Alvin Gentry's offense. So those are kind of the two things that I'm still looking out for. Jim, what about you?
2: I mean, I I agree with a lot of the same things. I think one of the biggest things I'm looking for for is can they play – I think we saw a glimpse of this during the 5-2 and two homestand – but can they play the best can they put together like a great stretch over the final part of the season whether that results in a playoff berth or not is it's going to be tough because of obviously the gap that that's there right now but i think one of the big goals as kind of daniel alluded to is not looking at what the other teams are doing so much you can't really be preoccupied with that but over the last 29 games can they have a stretch where you you say like hey they you know Played really well. They showed, you know, some of the things that they showed last season, and just give you give you a better,
1: you know, feeling about the way things are with this team going into the off season. John, can you get a fresh start after the All Star break? And can we look at these next twenty nine as kind of a new season or clean the slate, if you will?
3: I sure hope so. Um, I don't know if it'll result in a playoff position, but I hope to see these guys kind of reboot. Uh, I just want to see them play hard and unselfish. I mean, it, it seems elementary, but you know, just play hard and be unselfish and share the basketball with each other. When they share it on offense, they also seem to play better defense, and they have played better defense as of late. Uh, but certainly I, I just want to see them, you know, play together. When they played together, and we saw that during the homestand, they shared the basketball, you saw the assist numbers go up. They were a successful team and they seem to be having a lot of fun playing together. I just want to see these guys play hard, have fun with each other, and be unselfish with each, with each other.
1: Is there a player that needs to have a better, well, this could go, I could I could almost name probably several guys when you're 20 and 33. But, John, is there one guy in particular that maybe needs the bigger turnaround than anybody else that, that you'd like to see in these Final 29?
3: Well, I, I, you know, we've seen some inconsistency from Ryan Anderson, especially going into the break, and I don't know how much of that had to do, unfortunately, with uh, with, with uh, the, the death of Monty Williams' wife. I know he's close to the family, uh, but certainly he seems to take a really big dip. So, you know, he, he's got to play better. And, yeah, he's going into free agency. It's going to look better for him to play well. But uh, I'd like to see him play a little bit better. I love the way Drew Holiday has been playing, playing lately. And, uh, but, yeah, I would think out of the big guys, you know, Ryan Anderson's probably the guy I just want to see more consistency out of. Because he's got nice overall numbers, but he's had some really big swings and performances where, you know, there might be a 2-for-10 here uh, against a 9-for-16 there, you know, from the field. And I just want to see him be more consistent.
1: So, Jim, if the Pelicans believe that at six and a half a back, they can still make a run at this thing, who needs to tumble here? Who's on the verge of perhaps tumbling? You know, Memphis would be the easy start of the conversation here with the injury to Marcus Saul. But uh, as Daniel had mentioned, there's several teams that you have to find a way to get over the top of if if you're going to pull off this wild ride. So who in your eyes is is vulnerable? Who will be most difficult to, to jump? I mean, I would I would throw Memphis into the conversation,
2: but mathematically, I mean, it's, it's 11 games behind Memphis right now. So I kind of would put them aside and say that, I mean, there will be some teams maybe that can catch Memphis but probably New Orleans isn't one of them with how um, far behind the Grizzlies they are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think Portland's been playing really well, but their schedule gets a lot tougher here coming up. So, I mean, if you want to be optimistic, you you say, like, can they keep up the way they've been playing? And maybe they can't because their schedule gets so much tougher. Um, Houston seems like kind of a mess right now. I mean, with all the stuff that's been talked about with – Dwight Howard and and James Harden not getting along and some of the other moves they've made. So I think I have not much confidence in them right now that they're going to even maybe stay 500. They might dip. Their schedule, I'm not sure exactly, but, I mean, a lot of people have talked about they have one of the toughest schedules in the league coming up too. And the way they're playing, I mean, you could see them lose some games. I I, I don't think of those teams that Utah is very vulnerable. I think they're going the other way. I think they're playing really well. Um, and they seem to be have found some consistency so I would say probably Portland and Houston might be the the two teams that you look at right now and obviously I mean the Pelicans aren't even ahead of Sacramento and Denver but if it comes to those teams I mean I don't think you, you're you not going to have a chance to make it anyways so no I, uh, I, I don't I barely even think about Sacramento and Denver to be honest I with you. yeah
1: I think that I think that all changes here coming up yeah um gentlemen yesterday uh, uh memorial service for Ingrid Williams the wife of Monty Williams obviously and we've talked about this on various platforms um, over well over I guess some 10 days now uh, dating back to when the last uh, home game was and so much has transpired so much has been shared but um, if you are uh, if you have not and and you have the ability to watch a piece of the eulogy basically that uh, Monty Williams offered yesterday almost a sermon if you will at the memorial service I think that it would answer the question of who is Monty Williams in a very large way, uh, gentlemen. What was your reaction to, to what, you know, what occurred yesterday in Oklahoma City at that at that service?
4: Um, I'll start first, I guess. Um, I think the biggest thing that caught my eye when watching it um, was just how strong he was up there. Number one, I don't think I'd be able to handle it like he did, and deliver such a powerful message along with that and the fact that forgiveness was the biggest thing that stuck out to me, and I think stuck out to everyone, how he was preaching forgiveness about the other family, um, the girl that lost her life in the car accident as well. I think those two things uh, really stuck out to me and how this powerful message he was able to do um, so convincingly with such a a strong message, and to do it yesterday on on those circumstances, I thought it was pretty incredible.
2: I mean... I, I I try to I put myself in that position and think about I obviously no one would ever want to be in that in that position but the thing that impressed me the most is just kind of what Daniel said I it's it's hard to imagine being able to be able to be so composed even just from the beginning like before you even get into all of the stuff that he talked about it was amazing to be so you know strong and and not break down I mean like I, if I was sitting in the audience there yesterday I probably would have started. Breaking down a little bit, just listening to it because it was such a uh, such an incredible message. But like you said, Sean, I think the thing that is such a credit to him, and I think this also came out when he was fired, and there was the people, the news people that showed up at his door, which was something that, as a media person, you're kind of like, wow, that seems a bit over the line, maybe over the top. But the way he handled it was just amazing. That, and I feel like his, he's. he's he's so compassionate about everything and he's so grateful for everything. And I feel like a lot of people in the situation he's in would, would take the opposite approach. I I feel like it would be hard for me to to look around and say like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to look at all of the great things I have in my life instead of being so, um, you know, obviously it's, it's terrible and it's going to be so hard as he said for him and his family to go through it. But to focus on the the things that you should be grateful for in life instead of dwelling on the bad things that have happened. I mean, I think those are, I could talk about this for a long time, but I think those are some of the main things that just immediately struck me when I watched it.
1: John, anything to add for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, that, that those are right along the lines of what I'm thinking about. I mean, he, you know, if you're a person of faith, then, you know, Monty Williams is, you know, a guy that you can aspire to be uh, or to be like because – you know, to be in that situation uh, and to handle it with that kind of grace and and basically to, you know, to say that I, you know, I forgive, you know, the person who caused this accident and and to be in that situation, you know, to not be bitter and and to, to, you know, not say move on, but, you know, to accept it as, you know, this is what I believe God's will is for me and my kids and our lives. We're going to be able to to, to move on and, you know, just incredibly strong. I mean, I, I spoke to someone who went, and they said, you know, when he got up, you know, basically it, it removed the ability of everybody else in the audience to feel sorry or, or to feel downcast because Monty was so strong, you had to be strong for him or be strong with him. You couldn't be the one to, to, to really lose, lose your emotions because he was able to keep himself composed. And give this message of forgiveness so so well.
1: It's, it is amazing uh, it, it truly is it's tragic it's amazing it's inspiring all at the same time um, and with that we'll uh, kind of end our roundtable discussion today uh, that's John Deshazer of course, and then uh, you heard from Jim Eichenhofer today Daniel Sallerson. gentlemen, thank you very much um, i don't know why you haven't, haven't done this before
4: we yeah. should do it again yeah we
2: need to we need to bring this back every every so often at least the meeting of the superpowers
1: john's agent is a pain in the ass i'll tell you that so it's hard to get jd well, Mark, pinned down
3: well my agent's asking for a square table next time instead of around
1: <laughs> john we'll see you on the radio tonight um and uh, safe travels to indy and we're looking forward to you reporting from the combine next week
3: yeah i'm looking forward to it it's going to be freezing there but i'm looking
1: forward to it uh, well you'll, you know you're not going to be with a stopwatch outside at some high school track i think they'll probably put you inside right
3: Yeah, I'll be inside. I only got a to and from the facility. Otherwise, I'll
1: be, I'll be fairly
3: warm. But yes, we'll be there.
1: All right, very good. We'll take a quick break. I'll come back and I'll wrap up today's show and uh, give you a preview of uh, the weekend, and next week, in just a moment. Awesome. and motorcycles. America's high ride tradition is back in New Orleans. The O'Reilly Auto Parts World of Wheels. February 26th through 28th at the Mercedes Benz Superdome. On Friday, meet WWE superstar Daniel Bryan. Saturday, it's Peyton List from Disney's Jesse. On Sunday, see Catherine Bach, Daisy Duke from the Dukes of Hazzard. The O'Reilly Auto Parts World of Wheels. February 26th through
2: 28th at the Mercedes Benz Superdome. Discount tickets at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Part of the Summit Racing Equipment Show Car Series. See worldofwheels.com for more info.
3: Power outages turn your world up
0: It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: All right, big thanks to our panel again today. Good conversation about the NBA trade deadline and the game tonight against Philadelphia and the rest of the season here for the Pelicans, the passing of Ingrid Williams. Uh, We even got J.D. to give us a little combine preview, so a good show today. Speaking of the combine, speaking of the Saints, um, we, I think, are lining up Jeff Ireland for a, a visit for early next week, maybe even as early as Monday. Uh, so the timing on that is fantastic. Uh, that'll be good. We heard from Mickey Loomis this week already on Black and Blue Report. Heard from a lot of folks this week. Kind of a, a little bit of a departure from our normal routine. So I hope that you enjoyed it. Thanks again for uh, being with us throughout the week, and we hope that you all have a great weekend. The weather, by the way, in New Orleans is going to be um, top shelf, to say the least. Uh, those of you who listen to our podcast outside of the New Orleans Metro, I'm sorry I have nothing for you. Uh, and, of course, I say that, and I won't be able to enjoy any of it. Neither will Daniel. Daniel Sallerson and I will be heading uh, out with the Pelicans tomorrow to the uh, garden spots of Detroit and D.C. Uh, this time of year. There's nothing. I love D.C. I, I, heck, I love, I love Detroit, too. Uh, just not in February. So that's where the road trip will take the Pelicans a Sunday afternoon game at Detroit, a Tuesday night game at, uh, at our nation's capital. And then we'll be back home after that. Tonight we're looking forward to um, the 7 o'clock tip-off between the Pelicans and the 76ers. Uh, the year of the uniform continues, the Mardi Gras uniform that is. Uh, I want to say tonight's giveaway is the mini basketball. We've done the drawstring bag, the mini basketballs tonight. I think we still have a jersey and some shorts to do, all that stuff. Uh, again, can be found at pelicans.com and there are tickets available for tonight's game. Uh, either at Pelicans.com or by calling 504 525 poop So, Bryce DeJean, Jones, Anthony Davis, Norris Cole, Omer Ashik, probably Dante Cunningham, and that's starting five for the Pelicans tonight. As John reported, looks like Eric Gordon is getting closer and closer. I bet you we see him by the end of next week. I have nothing really to base it on. It's just my gut feeling. And that'll do it for us this week on a Black and Blue Report. We'll see you on the radio tonight. And uh, thanks again to all of our guests. See you next time. I'm Sean Kelly.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.